Hello, this is Roundbreaking, a guide in how to break in speech and debate tournaments. I'm your host, Scott. In today's episode, we're going to discuss one of my favorite events, dramatic interpretation or DI. What is DI? What is dramatic interpretation? So dramatic interpretation is where you take a piece of published literature and interpret it dramatically. While there are dramatic elements to this event, overly sad, depressing, and melodramatic pieces are not necessarily the best choice for this event. However, the main focus of this event is drama. So you might touch on mature topics and serious social issues like coping with terminal illness, significant historical events, racial discrimination, gender discrimination, sexual assault, oppression of disadvantaged peoples, etc., etc., etc. Not happy, great stuff, but great social commentary on our society. It's like pretty serious. It's pretty serious in nature. And it's not to say that you can't have lighthearted moments, but the focus of this event is drama. These are definitely heavy and difficult subjects to tackle, but they are the basis of so many DIs on the circuit today. And during this, you should really be focusing on transporting your audience and the judge with you into the piece and into this new world that you're creating and portraying a realistic and emotional journey of all of your characters and what they're going through and what they're thinking. And we need to be able to see that. So why do I like D.I. so much? I mean, you know, maybe it's the dramatic flair. Maybe it's like you get to be another person. But why I personally like it, and I don't know what this says about me, but you get to have your Oscar moment. You get to have your, your, your Golden Globes moment. You get to showcase your acting chops and live your Meryl Streep or Emma Stone realness fantasy. I know, right? Like, did you know that Emma Stone actually won? I think people forgot that she won an Oscar, which is insane to me but anyways this is neither here nor there you know you get to have your golden globe moment you know be like zendaya Zendaya. well actually i don't i I don't know if you want to i just like saying her name zendaya um and you have to be you have to be able to show authentically your ability to connect with these characters and transform before your audience's eyes and transport everyone to this new world and tell their story. Tell this story. Um, you are also like being challenged by f- being forced outside your comfort zone and you're exploring really uncomfortable truths and really uncomfortable topics and stories. You're analyzing themes and you're analyzing motifs. You're going, you're combing through your piece of literature. You're combing through like your play, your short story, your excerpt from a book, um, and incorporate and explore the subtext of your speech and bringing them to life. But most of all, it forces you to have confidence in yourself because you're going to have to morph yourself. You're going to have to transform yourself into these new characters and be convincing and share their story and share their experiences you know, with the audience and with the judge. And the better you do that, the more convincing, the more convincingly you can do that. That's not English. Um, The better you'll do. I mean, you know, in the end, it's just a great opportunity to storytell in a dramatic way. Of course, in HI, humorous interpretation, the opposite, not the opposite, but like, you know, doing it in a humorous fashion is also true, right? So in DI, you're doing it dramatically. So some examples of DI that, you know, we've seen on the circuit time and time and time again. I think more recently, these past few years, well, I'm also dating myself because I feel like 
I was in the first wave of that. It was um, my junior year piece was A Child Called It by Dave Peltzer. And from my understanding, and I think just seeing it on the circuit, this has been been done a lot but it's being done a lot for a really good reason it's a really traumatic book it's about you know some serious child abuse that the author himself experienced and to share his courage and his bravery to share that story with the entire world is something pretty cathartic another example is wit by margaret edson where you know she's also sharing her story of coping with cancer and her coping with you know, what it means to have her timeline be not what she thought it was going to be, right? Um, I've seen great examples of um, a great cut of Why Does a Cage Bird Sing by Maya Angelou. That's done a lot. Um, and, you know, these are all, unfortunately, very stereotypical pieces. But as pieces alone, they're very compelling pieces. There's a reason why so many students time and time again and so many coaches recommend these you start with these pieces because they, you know, they tell universal truths. They tell universal stories and the universal human experience of what it is to go through these trials and tribulations as a person, as a human. And the more you're able to find material and published works that can reflect that, that can, you know, tell you the stories of your fellow students, your fellow parents, your fellow family and friends, the more successful you'll be. Um, because, you know, the more you're able to connect with your audience, the more you are able to show authentically what these stories are trying to tell and what these stories are showing. Um, and the more you transform into these characters and are able to realistically portray their journey while they're struggling with these uncomfortable things that every human has to encounter, the more you'll be successful, right? Everyone has to end in a DA round where it's just really really long and really depressing but it doesn't have to be right di's you know interps in general are very 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 entertaining and they're always really fun to watch and that's why i super just like really enjoy di because it really does allow you to take a break from your own life and tell the story of someone else's life and our paths are all are always interconnected and connected to each other so, you know, in some way, we're also going to be choosing stories that we understand we can relate to because and, you know, I'll get into this later in my tips and tricks of how to break. But you do want to be able to tell stories that you can relate to. So you are able to connect with these characters and, you know, pull off this difficult DI or pull off some, you know, or make a difficult subject a little bit more relatable because maybe you went through that. Maybe you went through a pregnancy scare. Maybe you have some experience with terminal illness maybe you're dealing with death in the family everyone has a story to tell everyone goes through things we're not just these singular like robots well this took a hard and deep dive deep cut but that's okay let's get into the rules of this event um i'm pretty sure i've mentioned other uh episodes but rules are pretty straightforward um your selection um either you know partially or whole when you cut it has to come from one source and it needs to be published um, it needs to be from a published printed source. Um, you cannot add more than 150 words, extra words. So, of course, you're, um, it's highly suggested that for your dramatic interpretation, you do add an intro. 
um, and your introduction, you know, the 150 words is coming out of it. And you're not really allowed to add new scenes. You're not able to write new scenes into your piece. These 150 words are, you know, not only just for your intro, but to make sure that you have seamless transitions or you're clearing up ambiguity. It's more for clarification for your piece. You're not, these 150 words isn't for you to like change the tone or effort or direction of the piece. It's just to really help you um, kind of like hash things out because, oh, maybe you want to move things around, you know, and we can get into that. But um, the time limit for your speech is 10 minutes. Some tournaments do allow a 30-second grace period. Um, there is no minimum time. But again, if you have, like, a two-minute speech where you get up there, cry, and then sit down, that's not going to win you any awards. So, you know, try to hit as close to the 10-minute mark as possible. And, of course, as always, no props and no costumes are allowed. So let's get into how do you break in DI. DI is a highly competitive event. A lot of people, a lot of students enter in DI. It's popular for, you know, reason. It's a lot of fun. So let's just get into it because it's, I have quite a lot to go over. So number one, and I feel like it's the most important tip, is you need a good, before even selecting a new, a good piece, you need to have a good edit and a good cut. You can really, like, as the rule says, you can take any published interpret, like, any published printed source. So you could take the Constitution if you wanted to. And if you're really great at blocking and choreography, I don't know, maybe you can bust out a constitutional DI. Super weird. But uh, if you can do it, hey, props off to you. And you, you're going to deserve that, you know, that break into into semis or into finals. But a good edit and a good cut is just so important because that's how you start to stitch and piece together a good piece. Because you can take, you know, from my previous examples, why does the cage bird sing? May Angelou is an award-winning author, right? She's a, is she a Nobel laureate? She's up there with like Toni Morrison. She's a Shakespeare. She's a Jane Austen. She's obviously a very good writer and us in the English speaking world really value her contributions to literature. But I've seen some not so great cuts that is not reflective of what her intention was or what what she wants to do. Even A Child Called It. I had a pretty okay cut. I don't think it was the best cut, but I did it myself. And it was pos- it was passable because I went to nationals in it. Um, so it was obviously decent, but um, it was very heavy. It was very overdramatic. It's a very traumatic book. The author just goes through just so much happens in this book. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with it. And, um, you know, I, you know, my cut was decent, but I really wish there was some more lighthearted moments because it really was wall to wall melodrama which again as i mentioned earlier isn't necessarily always the best choice because that's really really depressing and it really starts grading and it really starts bringing the vibe down i mean it is di but like you know you don't want to go too too much into it so a good cut is really important you want to make sure that your speech flows well you want to make sure that your speech makes sense that you have a beginning middle end of an end you have a climax that's very important you have you know this build up um your storytelling right so you want to make sure that all the elements of a good story is there the beginning the exposition the rising action you have your climax where you you know where your character finally comes to a head um of what they need to do they resolve that climax and then the denouement where you resolve you know the conclusion of 
the climax and, you know, what it means for the rest of the piece. That's number one. Number two is to have a good piece. So um, as a rule state, it needs to be a published printed work. So you can find something off of the Internet. If you do find something off of the Internet, try to see if it really is published because things off the Internet just are not allowed. So have a good piece. If you're confident that you can pull off Pride and Prejudice, do it. I mean, I don't see, not that it's not dramatic. I just, you know, you're going to be competing with other pieces that are pretty strong. So you need to have a piece that will reflect strong components of storytelling. You can choose, um, you know, whatever you want. But having a good piece of literature to begin with is really good. A lot of DIs, um, a lot of interrupts out there I see, they really do pursue a lot of plays and movies because it's mostly dialogue. And it's true, in interrup events, you kind of want to stay away from straight narrative where they're describing the setting and all that. Um, and the most successful DIs are true. You do come from a first-person perspective of a narrative because it's just a monologue or you have a dialogue or you have multiple characters interacting with each other. So a good piece, you know... And not only has good components of storytelling, but it also allows you as, you know, the interpreter to really take on these roles and showcase your acting skills, right? And if you're spending too much time describing the setting or, you know, describing some random landscape, that's not going to be pushing your piece forward. So finding a good piece, um, you know, everyone has the internet. Go look up, take some advice from your friends and family. And in the end, how do you select a good piece? Also a piece that you can relate to and that you are able to that and also that resonates with you. Right. Because you want to tell a story that, you know, as an Asian man, I'm not going to tell a story of a Holocaust survivor. I don't. That's not my story to tell. Right. Have good taste when you choose your pieces, but also be relatable. I'm not going to be able to relate to that story. But, you know. Dealing with family loss, that's a story that I can tell because I have experienced that. I find that very, very relatable. Um, you know, coming to terms with your sexuality or being, you know, bullied because of who you are. The, you know, that's something that I will be able to relate to. However, if you if you are able to, you know, if you do have a strong connection with, you know, with your family past and your family history, like, you know, use that. And if you are able to tell the story of a Holocaust, tell that story. If you are able to tell an authentic story about being a slave in the 1700s um, on, like, a cotton plantation, tell that story. That's a very powerful story. But also keep in mind cultural context <laughs> and being culturally sensitive and being racially sensitive um, to towards a lot of these social movements. So just make good choices and make these choices in good taste. That's just really important. And I've never seen a piece in poor taste because I'm, you know, of course, you're working with your coaches and of course, you're working with your team and your friends and your family to see if this is a good selection for you or not. So the, you know, these top two are really important, a good cut, a good edit, and also an appropriate and a good piece. Um, and of course, if this piece is able to resonate with you, you're going to even do a better job because then you know that you, you already are familiar with the dynamics of these characters. You already know the emotional journey of these characters. You don't have to do research and dive into, you know, difficult subjects that you don't necessarily, I mean, you, maybe you want to, and if you want to take on that, if you want to take on that 
homework, do it. But it's going to be a harder road for you than to do something that you are more comfortable with. I mean, obviously. Number three, make sure that all of your characters are well-developed and you have clear characters. Now, this might seem like, well, of course, that just makes a lot of sense. But when you are preparing your piece and when you're getting your your DA together, make sure you really understand your characters. And this is just like acting 101, and that's really what DI is. You're just doing, you're doing a dramatic acting, you're, you are act, you have a, a performance. Um, you should really know your characters, what their motives are, what the emotional state is, what their journey is like, what you want their journey to be like, right? Plan it out. This is, and then that's, this will also, I mean, I'm going to touch on this later, but when you have clear characters, your blocking and choreography is going to be so much clearer. Because if you already know your characters and you know your story, it should be easier than to figure out your blocking and your choreography. Because if your characters are going to walk a certain way, talk a certain way, move a certain way, have a specific stance, have a specific point of view, it's going to make your job a lot easier. So really sit down and do like a character map. And it's just literally just like sitting down and just like writing the name of these characters and going down what like and listing their personality traits. And then you figuring out how you want them to stand, how you want them to act, how you want them to talk. Do they have an accent? Are they do they have a weird cadence to their voice? You know, all these things you need to be thinking about to create really solid, focused clear characters that we the audience and the judge are able to see oh yeah that's character one and that's character two and that's character three right and um while di's normally don't have too many characters this is especially important for hi and i'll touch on that in another episode but having be able to see what your characters are clearly will also help you break because then when you start doing your pops it's going to be instantaneous as we know who these characters are, which leads me to number four, have clean pops. So once you figured out who your characters are and their stances and their accents and you know, the way they talk and how they carry themselves, work on your pops. So when you go from character to character, it needs to be clean, right? These transitions need to be very seamless and you should be able to, at a drop of a hat, at a moment's notice, in a blink of an eye, changing from character to character and a really easy great way of exercising is literally just saying a few lines in each character and going back and forth into your characters until you feel comfortable in each and being able to move quickly um, but cleanly into your pops into your next character right um, that will really help having clean pops and clear characters those kind of feed into each other the better you know the character the easier it is going to be to pop so moving on once you have your characters planned out and your pop signed out, now we get to move on to the actual text, right? So then these next two are also kind of interconnected with each other. But number five, you need to know when to pause. A lot of DIs have a lot of pauses because, you know, you're being dramatic. You want to let your moments have their moments. And sometimes that includes knowing when to pause. If you're having this really big climax, if you're having this really big moment that this character is going through knowing when to really let a character stop and reflect or even just breaking up a really intense emotional monologue knowing when to pause can really help out with pacing of your piece because again if it's wall-to-wall melodrama it's a lot you don't always want someone sobbing and crying for 10 minutes straight 
that's really tiring to see. Not only is it emotionally taxing for the speaker, it's emotionally taxing for the audience. Um, one of my favorite movies, Rachel Getting Married, um, you know, features, I think she got her first Oscar nom, maybe her first Golden Globe nom for this, but Anne Hathaway plays the protagonist in such a real and visceral and emotionally draining way. I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie ever again, but the portrayal of it is just so emotionally draining. I'm sure they were all beat after shooting because it's just like, as an audience, you're also sitting there experiencing, you know, you're you're bringing your your audience and your judge along with this trip. And, you know, if it's wall-to-wall melodrama and crying, it's just really, it's really hard. It doesn't, like, there's no, there, there's no variety. There's no variability in your piece. So knowing when to pause is really important. And that kind of leads into my number six is letting scenes breathe, right? With your DI, you're going to be putting together different excerpts, different cuts, or there's going to be different moments. You need to let those scenes be able to breathe. Yes, you only have 10 minutes and that sounds like a lot of time, but it really isn't. You have 10 minutes to, and that includes your intro, to take your audience and your judge from beginning to end, right? Like, it's really not that much time, but because you don't have that much time, you really need to make your moments and these scenes have the biggest impact. And to have the biggest impact, you cannot rush through these scenes. You really need to let these scenes breathe and you really need to let these scenes play out how they need to play out and give them the time that they need, right? Because it takes a minute for us to process our emotions. It takes a bit. Right. And that's not to say that you need to be going at a slow pace. Right. Pacing is really, really important. But pacing will, I think, letting your scenes breathe will also help with pacing because there will be times where, yeah, you do need to be speaking fast. You need to be because you're upset. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're mad. Maybe you're furious. Maybe, you know, you're defending yourself. You're being attacked or whatever. You need to be able to speak quickly. That's not, you know, like that's maybe not a time to pause. But letting a scene breathe just means give it the time and moments that it deserves to have. If we're having an emotional breakdown, right, consider the aftermath, consider the consequences after that emotional breakdown. Do you need to take a moment, right? Do you maybe need to let your, you know, like let your audience ha- like be able to experience that trauma with you, uh, experience that dramatic moment with you? Let the scene do what it needs to do. Um, and... I'll get to this in a little bit, but the subtext of the subtext of your piece will also help you kind of the subtext will help you realize how much a scene needs to work. And I'll get into that in like a hot second. So stay with me. This leads me into my seventh point is taking your time. So while dramatic interps are a little bit more slower paced. Um, they don't have to be, but generally they're, you know, pretty moderately paced. Um, take your time. And letting your scenes breathe also means you need to take your time with these scenes and letting them, letting your character really feel the full impacts. If your character needs to have a moment to have a realization or have a cathartic moment or have an epiphany or whatever, have that. Take your time because this is also how you, number eight, utilize your subtext. So when you're going through your piece and you're analyzing your final cut, you should also be looking at 
I mean, yes, the emotional journey of your characters, the arc of your characters, but also just reading the subtext of of your piece. What is subtext? So, according to the internet, subtext is an underlying and often distinct theme in a piece of writing or conversation, right? And subtext is basically what is not being said that is being said. What is not being conveyed that is explicit, but that's implied, right? Just because, you know, like, it's kind of like when you know two of your friends are fighting, but they're trying not to fight in front of people, but you know they're fighting because of what they're saying. Like, everyone knows, right? Like, that's that's all subtext. That's all subtextual, right? And that can manifest either in conversation, in exposition, in how, you know, a piece is being written, how a dialogue's being written. Or, you know what? It can be even conveyed through body language, right? In how you are acting, like, how your body is doing. So, like, a, a very relatable subtext is when you're super pissed off at your partner or your parents or your friend or whatever, and they ask you if you're okay, and you replied, I'm fine. I think everyone knows you're not fine by your tone. And, um, you know, uh, like maybe a step up from that, like a little bit more like acting like more advanced acting you would still reply oh i'm fine very normally but maybe you're angrily washing a dish right or maybe you are like hammering away out of you know like maybe you're working on you know a shelf and you know some carpentry whatever and you're hammering away at the nail super duper hard but your voice is still even that's still subtext that's still that's still revealing an emotion or an intention that's not necessarily explicitly um, announced, right? So utilize your subtext. A lot of a lot of all of interp is utilizing the subtext and realizing what is not being said and showing the audience not only what is being said but also what's not being said and the intention of that, right? If you can, if you're able to master that, that will push your di into another level. That will push you up up and above your other competition. And it's also the hardest thing to do because you really have to sit down with your DI and really comb over and try to figure out if there is subtext and where the subtext is and if it's even appropriate for you to interpret that, right? That's on you. That's that's for you to decide um, and for you to figure out. And my last and final tip, number nine, is, and which is also very related to subtext, is... To show and not tell. All interp, all speeches, all of your writing, honestly, in general, needs to be showing and not telling. So what is showing and not telling? So here's how to show and not tell. And this is from jerryjenkins.com. Um, he is, like, a really great writer. And this is, th these are the examples he gives, right? So here's how you show. So rather than telling a character is angry... You show it by describing their face, right? Flushing, throat tightening, um, you know, uh, uh, a rising voice, uh, slamming a fist on the table, right? When you have to show, when you show something, you don't have to tell people that, right? If you're if 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 you're already showing the audience that you're angry, you don't have to tell like, oh, I am angry. No, yeah, we, we yes, we we see that you're angry, right? Another example is like, are you cold? Like, is this character cold? Instead of saying, uh, uh, instead of 
having, you know, you telling the audience, oh, I'm cold. You can, with your blocking, show that you're cold, right? Your character is, like, miming, putting the collar up, tightening her arms around herself, um, trying to, like, bundle up more, wearing a scarf, bundling the scarf tighter, maybe adding on another layer, right? You want to, like, show your audience these things. And it could either just be through, again, your subtext or just already information that was provided in your original manuscript or through your blocking and choreography. And so I didn't mention blocking or choreography as one of my tips because that is not necessarily a tip or trick to have. That is something that you need to be able to do with these tips. Once you have figured out a good cut, a good piece, you know, your characters, your pops, um, your stances, what these characters look like, the blocking should come somewhat naturally. And if you still need help, ask your coach, ask for help, or even, you know, copy what your original text is telling you to do, right? You are directing yourself. You are acting as director. You are acting as actor. You are acting as producer. You're acting as cinematographer. Paint us a picture. And the blocking that makes the most sense is usually the best, right? So, you know, all these things in the end, honestly, is just tools and um, advice on how to be a good storyteller and how to really transport and authentically tell um you know, your speech. If you're able to show the audience and the judge your vulnerability and your ability to morph into these characters and to transport everyone into this new world, into this character's world, into this piece's world, you're going to have an award-winning DI. And I think my last bit of advice, um, which is really, really hard to do, is to just have confidence in yourself and to really commit to your piece because you're doing all this work. You've, you know, you, you, you spend hours and hours and hours working on your cut, finding a good piece, working, you know, doing character work, analyzing your characters, doing character development, understanding your character. You're putting a lot of time and effort into your speech and to be not able to fully commit in the final moments when you're up there presenting and, you know, that's that's going to suck because, you know, you work so hard on your interp and you have 10 minutes to show what you got have, have to show and you're holding back. Who are you holding back for? You know, like there's, you know, of course, there's worries of like, oh, I'm going to look a fool or, you know, people are going to bully me for not being good enough. You're never going to see these people again. It's very unlikely that you're going to run into these same students. I mean, well, maybe at league tournaments, but they don't go to your school like commit you know what you're doing you know you know your piece the best you've been working on your di you've been working on your speech for hours no one else has you know these characters so show us show me show the judges and really commit yourself into your piece because you know what do you have to lose other than first place honestly and you know and i know that feeling of breaking it's just the best feeling in the world knowing that you know and it's like validation of all the hard work that you did and if you're able to really just commit into your piece and have confidence in yourself to you know and not care what other people think you guys are going to do so so well um listen to me okay no 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 don't add this in but um have fun and you know once you've done the work and you're off book and you've memorized your 10 minute speech you know, have fun with it. Have your Oscar moment, right? Have, take your 10 minutes. They are yours to take. 
and show off what you want to show off. You've been working hard on your speech and you deserve to showcase that in the best light possible. And we as the audience and as the judge deserve to watch you have a good time. And we want to see you have a good time. As a judge, you know, I, I want to see the competitors really enjoy themselves and having fun and being able to do well in this event. And, you know, if you've seen final rounds, that's what all the competitors are doing. If you look at nationals and the final performances, that's what each and every one of those interpies are doing. That's why they're in finals at nationals, right? Learn from the best. So I hope this helps. Don't be too intimidated. It sounds really, really scary. There's a lot to do. But, you know, if you're pursuing acting or this is the hobby and you, or you want to pursue a Hollywood career, this is what you'll be learning in acting school. This is what you'll be learning as an actor. Um, and it's just literally just scene dissection. It's a scene study. And that's what you need to be doing. If you listen to this podcast and you do and, you know, and you take my advice, you know, I'm pretty sure that you will do that you will see a big, you will see a marked improvement in your speech. Maybe one day you'll be like, Zendaya. Okay, I don't know. We're still waiting for her award. Does she even have an award? Here, let's 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 look it up. Does Zendaya have an award? She does! She has an Emmy! <gasps> she has a she has an she has an Emmy. Roundbreaking is a podcast created and produced by me, Scott Wen. This episode was produced and scored by David Gonzalez. His Instagram account is at dgonzalezmusic, and that's with two Zs. Two Zs, y'all. If you have any questions or requests, you can always email me at roundbreaking at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Give me some feedback. Maybe not. No, don't. Please don't do the internet. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, bye!